the Syracuse Crunch have been busy doing a bunch of things, and here to tell us all about that is the play-by-play voice of your Syracuse Crunch. Great to have him back here on ESPN Radio Syracuse. Lucas Favalli, how you doing, bud? I'm doing okay. Uh, good to hear some of that positive news, I guess, that we just heard a moment ago. I guess we'll take every bit of the positivity these days, right, Brent? That is absolutely right. I saw a, uh, a stat today that Google searches for good news are up 60%. So people, wow. people are looking for good news. For sure. I don't blame them. <laughs> so, Lucas, what have you been doing, man? What's uh, uh, what's been the hap's been the past couple of weeks without hockey now that settled in the, in the great sports shutdown? Yeah, it's been it's been uh, obviously crazy, very uh, unusual times for all of us. But uh, with the crunch, we're trying to stay as busy as possible. So we've been running out, a, rolling out a whole lot of programs to uh, to keep everyone entertained. Whether you're you know at home, or I guess at home these days, but uh, looking to fill some of your time, whether it's during the day, at night. We've got so many different programs going on to to fill whether it's uh, ten minutes, fifteen minutes, a half hour, whatever it might be, or. Uh, just to keep, you know, like we were just saying, the positivity and to keep and maybe everyone's mind off of things uh, from time to time if you've got a few minutes there. So that's been part of it. Today, though, I think we rolled out our most important program of what we're uh, doing here over the course of the next couple of weeks and whatnot, and that is a pretty significant initiative with Tony's Good Times and Copper Top. It is uh, Fuel the Force. And it's a chance for the crunch to uh, engage some of our wonderful partners in the area. Uh, and obviously at the forefront of that is Tully's and, and Copper Top with uh, Upstate Medical University and, and, and the hospital up there. Obviously, they're at the front lines, the healthcare workers. So we, we have a great partnership now with uh, those uh, folks and are looking to raise some money to provide some meals to the folks and, and the healthcare workers at the front line. So uh, that was what we rolled out today. Uh, the, the Crunch put out uh, some information on Twitter. You can look at it all there. But uh, if you visit SyracuseCrunch.com slash Fuel the Force, uh, the Crunch Foundation will be matching donations up to $1,000 from fans to raise some money and get those folks who, who are working extended hours and are at the front of this pandemic right now uh, a little bit of, a, you know, take something off of their mind. They don't have to worry about what am I going to eat for lunch or dinner that day. They've got a meal provided for them, and it's, it's the way we wanted to go about this. So I think it's really neat. It's, a, it's like I said, I think our most significant initiative that we're taking right now during this time and uh, we're looking forward to seeing how it all works out. I'm glad this is something that people can do because when you're basically told the best thing you can do right now is stay home, uh, that's certainly good advice, but it's also frustrating for people because they want to feel like they can do more. So things like this allow them to do more, to help, like you said, the people on the front lines. Maybe we can't get them the equipment that they're looking for. We're le- we leave that to higher powers to move and groove and make those things happen. But you can do something like this. And I see here that the Crunch Foundation will match donations up to $1,000. For every dollar donated, you'll be entered into a raffle to win a custom, authentic Crunch jersey. And the most important thing is it helps uh, you know, our, 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 our health care workers on the front lines here. So uh, this is great to see that the Crunch are, are stepping up and helping people out here yeah and that's what i mean at the end of the day that's what we as an organization the crunch are all about we're, we're so involved in the community and and yeah we provide that entertainment uh, when we're on the ice and during the course of the season but really it, that is all surrounding our chance to connect whether it's fans with businesses or nonprofits together whatever it might be and we're kind of just the conduit for everyone to get involved in that and and this was i mean it's a no-brainer for us for sure to, to help the hospital with uh, like we said, the healthcare workers who are are really the bearing the brunt of this right now for everyone uh, in our community, and and why not? We, we we've got a great partner with Tully's Good Times with Copper Top. 
So it's it's a great chance for us. To, and like I said, you just you can text the word crunch right now if you're listening right now to seven six two seven eight. That will get you you know right into to the link to to maybe donate a couple bucks whatever you might have. Or you can visit SyracuseCrunch.com slash Field of Force. So uh, that's, uh, like I said, that's what we're here for, to, to provide that. And, and you'd be astounded at what, uh, you know, what it might cost for a healthcare worker to, to have their, you know, to get a lunch every day. And, and just to, whether it's one meal, a couple meals, whatever we can provide, just to take that weight off their shoulders a bit so they can continue to, to battle for all of us in the hospitals is, is huge for us. Lucas, you've been doing some crunch chats as well on, on Twitch and on social media and YouTube and places like that. Ross Colton was your, your recent guest. And I think the thing that's on people's minds a lot with athletes is with everybody staying home and, and being limited on where they can go and what they can do, how are they staying in shape? What what did he have to say about that? Yeah, well, I was, like you said, talked with Ross yesterday, and, and uh, you can uh, follow our Crunch Chats. We've got another one coming tomorrow at 1 with General Manager Stacey Roos, so you just uh, visit the Crunch's uh, Twitch stream, twitch.tv slash Crunch at 1 tomorrow to, to follow that one. But, yeah, Ross was saying, uh, you know, right when this all started, when, when everything wasn't quite shut down, he had a, a connection with a, 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 one of his uh, old coaches, at a rink where he was able to skate the first few days after this one. We weren't sure how long we'd be going through this process, but obviously everything's been shut down. So he's just trying to stay pretty much as active as possible. Um, but it's, it's kind of the basics. You know, he was saying he was doing push-ups and going for runs or bike rides or whatever. Nothing like, not doing anything crazy, but just trying to stay in motion and, and not get, you know, lethargic. And, and the crunch and the American Hockey League are, are in that weird, you know, limbo scenario still where, our season has not been canceled. It's still just suspended. Uh, we're one of only two hockey leagues, I think, around the world at this point that hasn't canceled the season yet, uh, us in the National Hockey League. So uh, while I don't know what the prospects are of us potentially finishing the season, the players are at least still, I think, mentally and physically. I think the mental part is also a big part, of it, and that's what Ross kind of talked about yesterday on our Crunch Chat, uh, staying sharp and staying in that frame of mind where if this season does pick up again yeah everyone's going to need a couple weeks of training camp i think before we really can resume play but try to stay active and stay as ready as possible before and if that point comes at some point here uh, over the next weeks or months or whatever it might be by the way a uh, crunch trainer mark powell's got some great things you guys have been sharing it on your social media speaking of staying in shape if uh, yeah. you're looking for home workouts to do kind of improvise a little bit mark's been showing you some great ways to do that so make sure you check that out on uh, crunch social media as well on that note lucas um how has this been discussed you were just kind of getting into it there a little bit but do you know at this point like if and what a, a, a welcome announcement this would be, although not realistic in, in the short term. But let's just say tomorrow they say, we're playing hockey. How long would it take to go from that announcement to being back on the ice, do you think, realistically? I'd say at least a couple of weeks. I, and I think the longer we go, the longer on the back end it's going to take for these guys to get ready to go again, we might guess. So, I mean, I think if you said right now we've got hockey coming, it would I would guess maybe at least a week of training camp, if not more, maybe a, an exhibition game mixed in there as well. But then you're really, you know, you're extending it even further on the back end if you have to do all of that stuff. So, I, I don't know. It's, it's really hard to get a sense of what it might take, but I would be stunned if they said we're playing hockey, you you got a practice or two and let's go. I think there's definitely going to be at least a maybe a mini training camp or whatever it might be. Uh, I don't know. You know, you hear the NHL talking about all their different scenarios of resuming the season or jumping right into the playoffs or this or that. I don't know what the conversations have been like in the American Hockey League. I know the AHL is 
trying as best it can to follow the lead of the National Hockey League. Um, I don't know if that's going to mean they're going to hold out as long as the NHL necessarily would to, to complete the season. It sounds like the NHL is pretty set on at least looking to attempt to complete their season. I don't know about the NHL if they can hold out as long in this scenario, but yeah, I would think if they said today we're ready to go, we're ready to play hockey, which obviously we're not, but if they said we were, I would say at least a, a good week, if not more, of training camps and practices and getting one, everyone back uh, into game shape and ready to go. Lucas, uh, we're kind of in this weird world now of, of projecting and looking back and putting a spin on history, but we're also trying to think of what could be, and, and maybe they will get back on the ice and we'll answer this question, but in the the old world we were in prior to this happening, this would be that the, the time would be really ramping up, getting ready for the playoffs. Who knows what kind of playoff battle the crunch would be in here. As best as you could forecast, what kind of team do you think you'd have right about now, and, and, and how good do you think they could be? What, what would they be doing right now on April the 2nd? Yeah, it's it's. I was just looking at the calendar, and we would have two weeks to go in the regular season, five games left, and and they would have been the most important games of the year for the Crunch, obviously. And and uh, you know, you I know we've talked about this, and and we're talking about it with Ross yesterday in our Crunch chat. The, the Crunch really were playing their best hockey of the season right before the break. They had maybe their best game of the year, at least one of them, when they won in Utica that Wednesday night, where the sports world changed when the NBA uh, suspended their season. And this team felt like it was really coming together. They had really started to string together consistent play. And so, I mean, you don't know if that was going to continue because this team had been relatively inconsistent most of the year, but it it did feel like they were playing their best hockey. They were poised for a run. They were just a couple of points out of the playoffs, and and they had a lot of games against teams that were still ahead of them in the standings, and, and they were right in the race. So I think at the moment we've missed out on what would have been really entertaining high-energy, playoff atmosphere hockey for the last month of the year. Um, I, I don't know if the Crunch would have made the playoffs. I think they were certainly right in the conversation. And, and if they got in there, boy, they'd be a dangerous team because it was, it was a group that was, I think, really starting to rally around the common goal. It all really started when Luke Witkowski returned from injury. Uh, they were not a great team when he was hurt, came back, and the team really started to uh, turn it around from there. And I, I, I mean, who knows? Like you said, it's not easy to forecast and, and uh, get a sense of what it might be, but I, I do think this team was on the cusp of becoming the team that we kind of all expected it and were waiting for it to become all season long, and they were just starting to put it together. Lucas, appreciate your time. Appreciate what the Crunch are doing to keep everybody active and engaged and uh, helping out a, a great cause, as you put out there today, with Fuel the Force. And uh, We'll definitely talk again soon, but uh, thanks for your time and your insight today, my friend. I appreciate it, Brent. Yep, yeah, we'll talk again soon, and stay safe uh, on your end, too. The man, the myth, the legend, ladies and gentlemen. Mike Waters is joining us here. Hello, Michael. Brent, how are you, sir? I'm great. I'm wondering about you a little bit, though. i got got to be honest, because I know that we were out of Lysol. I know that there's certain things missing at the store. I did not know that razors uh, were one of those things. <laughs> <laughs> so I gotta yeah, say I this. I, I shocked you earlier when oh, I sent you, you a photo. Uh, yes. So I'm gonna leave it up to you. I, I won't do this to you. All right. But Mike sent me this photo. I now own this photo on my phone. <laughs> but Mike sent me a photo. Uh, he has not shaved, I believe, since the the sports shutdown has occurred. And it was it was a startling sight to me because I'd never seen you full beard. That was that was interesting. What is what does your bride think about this? By the way, uh, she's. Tolerating it to the up till now, uh, kind of 
rolling her eyes a lot and looking the other way and uh, saying, well, if that's what keeps him, <laughs> if that's what keeps him happy, fine, you know, or, um, yes, I'm, I'm a little shocked though. I haven't tried any sort of like, you know, on vacation away from the office for a couple weeks, facial hair fun in about four or five years. And it's a lot grayer than it was last time. There you go, <laughs> I'm, man. uh, yeah. Um, you know, we'll see, but yeah. It's got, it'll come off sooner or later, but for now, it's just, I don't know. It's got, it's got real Santa Claus got do. Real Santa vibe going on that thing, Mike. I'll just say that. I don't know about the Santa thing. You know, I was thinking, you know, the, they got to be doing a Kenny Rogers biopic after he passed away recently. And I was a huge Kenny Rogers fan, by the way. Really? Uh, so, so I'm thinking maybe I'm a candidate to portray. There you go. Yeah, Kenny Rogers with with the beard I got going. Grow that thing and, out, groom it a little <laughs> bit, trim it, make it look good, and it could be your, your second career. Kenny Rogers impersonator. Let's think about this. I like this. I, I'm in. But, Bye, buddy. Let's talk some hoops. Let's talk some hoops before we get too it's way off the, 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 the page here. But there is hoops to discuss, and there's some interesting news developing out there now, Mike. Apparently, Patrick Tepe has already decommitted from Duke. Uh, would he still be welcome at Syracuse had he uh, chose to decommit to Duke and want to come back to Syracuse? What, what would he think the, uh, the, the, would the door be open for that? Well, I would imagine so. Um, if you were interested in him before, and they were, and they even had him up here for a, an unofficial visit, um, there's no reason not to be interested still because nothing has changed in terms of the roster and who you have and stuff like that. But, I mean, it's not like you get your feelings hurt in recruiting. You know, the kid initially committed to Duke, and a week later is something's changed there, and he wants to reopen it. You know, there's an old saying, you don't don't let your money get mad. Um, recruiting sort of the same way, except the money's not involved unless you're watching HBO's The Scheme and, <laughs> and, you're, and you're LSU or Arizona. Um, but, you know, yeah, I would think they're going to be open to this. And it'll be interesting to see if he's reopened it with, like, a set destination in mind. Has, you know, has something changed on his end? Has, has somebody else been working on him behind the scenes? Like, I am really interested to see if Harvard transfers Seth Towns, who picked Ohio State, has he been working on Patrick you know, which, you know, you know, through back channels, like, hey, no, 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 don't go to Duke, come to Ohio State, we're going to be great, you'll get a lot of play, I don't know. Um, you know, some of his other schools that were involved, like USC, I mean, I have a hard time thinking a kid that grew up in Charlotte and played his college ball at Columbia University is going clear across the country for one year in the middle of a coronavirus pandemic. You know, are you going that far away from home and picking a school sight unseen? I just can't see it. So I think it's either Ohio State, maybe Maryland's trying to work its way back in the game, maybe Syracuse is the play, but uh, it'll be interesting. And, you know, I, I think he would be an interesting addition to the Syracuse roster because he gives you something you don't exactly have. And while I was really excited about Barama Sidibe's play late in the year, and I was telling people after to pay Pig Duke, I actually think Syracuse might be okay at the five. Because if, if Barama can carry that performance over, then you look at him and you look at the two young centers, Jesse Edwards and John Bull, then you might be okay. But Patrick Tespay still gives you an older, more physical guy who goes like 230, 235, and he's more of an offensive player than Barama is. So maybe he is a nice addition to the roster.
Mike, remind people about Tepe, the, the kind of player he is. You mentioned the, the big man of thing that he could bring to the table, but if, if you kind of watch film of him, what kind of player are you seeing? Uh, he's very skilled offensively, catches the ball well, rolls well to the basket, um, can you know, put the ball on the, on the floor and actually go to the hoop. Um, so he gives you that, but he's also just, he's just so much bigger. He, like I said, he goes about 235. Now, he's not one of these 260-pound low-post guys that gave Syracuse trouble. But I would imagine, like, if a Vernon Carey posted up him versus when he posted up Marek or Barama, and those guys were bouncing off of Vernon. And, like, he would, you know, do, like, the little pushback in the low post, and he could move those guys. I don't think he moves Patrick Tepay as easily. So he gives you a guy who I, I don't know if it's his like if it's his strong suit in terms of low post defense, but but I think it could be something that could help Syracuse. Mike guard depth on this team is something that's interesting, given uh, Jalen Carey transferring out, Howard Washington transferring out. You know the guard depth right now is basically Joe Girard, Buddy Beheim, and the incoming Kadari Richmond in the fall. So one would think they're going to hit the transfer market, but I saw you respond to one of our listeners on Twitter, as a matter of fact, and I think it was a good way to put it. Syracuse's approach to the transfer market is they have to look at that selectively, right? What's the approach there? Well, when you're looking at transfers, you really have to make it clear to both the player you know, and his people what the role is going to be. Is it going to be a defined role? And is it if he's a grad transfer, that really has to be – communicated because you, the kid's only going to get one year. You don't want to have a Geno Thorpe situation where he thought he was going to play a lot more than they had in mind. And he ends up leaving, you know, six games into a season and kind of left you high and dry a little bit. You know, they may do for the rest of that year, but it wasn't a good situation once you lost a guy in the backcourt in that season. You, you want to have a defined role or an acceptance of a role, a defined role like Andrew White or an acceptance of a role, like when Elijah Hughes came in. He didn't come in and in year one score 18.9 points per game and lead the ACC scoring and all that stuff. His first year, he was like third or fourth option on the team. Now he was happy, he was starting, but he also had to sit a year first. So are you bringing in a kid, a grad transfer, or are you bringing in a kid with two or three years of eligibility left? Is he going to sit a year first? So you really have to plot it out. So you have to be selective. Um, you know, are you bringing in a kid who you really just want to play a role off the bench? Okay, well, what kind of kid is going to accept that kind of role? Is it a kid from a mid-major who just wants to experience life at a high-major school? You know, come to a place like Syracuse, experience the ACC, and he's happy, you know, being a backup to Buddy Beheim and, and Joe Girard? Or are you bringing in a kid who you feel like can really help? And, okay, so that's going to be the role for him. And, you know, is he going to be a guy that's going to go between the two or the three? They, I think they really have their eyes on the Illinois transfer, Alan Griffin. You know, a six five, six six kid. He's originally from White Plains. You know, his dad, Adrian Griffin, some old, you know, Syracuse fans of our vintage, Brent, will remember Adrian Griffin, who played at Seton Hall oh, sure. and, went, and went on and played the game. This is his kid. Alan Griffin is, is the son of Adrian Griffin. Uh, so, you know, there's some ties there. Um, yeah, so, you know, we'll see. Uh, he only played about 18, 19 minutes a game at Illinois and still scored about nine points a game and shot about 40, 41% from three-point range. So it's kind of the player you're looking for to bring in. And he would have two years of eligibility. Now, will he have to sit a year? 
will have to see. He either has to get a waiver or the NCAA has to you know, vote on the proposal coming up at the end of this month to let all transfers play immediately. Mike Waters is our guest, Syracuse.com. Follow him on Twitter as well for all the latest. And Mike, like a lot of people, uh, you wrote a, a great piece about this subject this week about Ryan Kabilis, the Syracuse athletic trainer, and trying to keep in touch with his players, trying to keep them in shape. And, you know, they just decompress from the season. But they're, with the challenge of, of doing certain things on Zoom has got to be greater for some occupations than other. How has Ryan Cabillas found doing things uh, by teleconference? You know, he's really taken an approach that, you know, okay, we're going to do this the way we would at the end of a season. These guys get time off. So he's not pushing these guys right away. Uh, and I don't, I don't even know if the rules allow him to have mandatory workouts. Now, so he is communicating with these, these guys because he is the guy that's kind of in charge of their, their conditioning and their welfare. He told me the first thing he's concerned about with these guys is their safety and their welfare, their health. Uh, he wants to know where they are and who they're with and that they're doing all the right things to maintain their health. doesn't matter what kind of weight training they do. If they get sick, you're, you're in for you know, a, a bad stretch, and, and that's just not what you want. So he's letting them kind of reboot, recharge, get back home. And as the guys, some of the guys have said, hey, listen, I have access to this weight room, or I have a weight bench in my basement, or, you know, I don't have weight crew, but I want to do something. Then he's able to give them some stuff to do. He's like, he told me, he said, some of the guys are sending photos of the equipment they have, or they're sending a video of the area. And he's like, okay, so he can tell them a few things he wants them to do. For the guys that don't have weight equipment, he's telling them to do stuff that like uses their own body weight. You know, you go back to the fundamentals, Brent, push-ups, sit-ups, planks, you know, all those things. Old he, he's school. got it old school if you don't have, you know, a weight bench somewhere. Because obviously none of these guys can go to like their high school and work out. You, you don't want them to anyway. You don't want them going to a, a gym and, and working out where other people were. So you really have to take, you know, if you have a weight bench in your basement, great, use it. But other than that, Ryan's really telling these guys, listen, just focus on your studies. I'll give you some body weight stuff to, to use. Uh, for you, and he said, you know, sometimes the guys have a place where they can go and shoot, but he says he, he's not worried about these guys, too, because this team season began so early. Those guys started working out and getting ready for Italy in July. So a lot of these guys have been going for a long time, and he's perfectly okay with them not getting mandatory workouts for a while, because they, they need a little time off. 